Hiring is hard. Express Employment Professionals make it easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express Employment Professionals is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Are you trying to figure out the perfect outfit and gift for each of the events? Well, then head over to Macy's.com and check off your to-do list at Macy's. They've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, jewelry, clutches, so you can pull together a look for any dress code. Plus, they have incredible cookware, home decor, and bedding that would make the perfect gift. Check out Macy's Wedding Shop to help you get celebration ready at Macy's.com slash wedding shop. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your parenting or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to NOCD.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's NOCD.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeartRadio podcast. So we talk about pop culture sometimes on the show, and our producer sent us a story um, on Rami Malek and Rachel, how do you say your last name? Bilson? Bilson. Bilson. And at first I was like, what's the big deal here? You know, like, okay, she posted a picture of them and it was right before the Oscars, but. So what was, so explain the story. Rachel posted a picture of them from like years ago on a project they work on, they worked on. It was just before the Oscars when Rami won for Bohemian Rhapsody. And he had like an issue with it and didn't politely, but just was like, take it down and had an issue with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like nice about it or anything like that. And I was just like, why is this even being written about? Right. Cause to you, it felt what? Just po- pointless. It's like, okay, he didn't like the picture. She put one up big deal. Like why, why is this a story right mm-hmm. now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of feeling the same way, but it was interesting. Cause we were talking about it on the car today. He's like, Hey, let's not bring up the Rami story. And I was like, well, something happened today at the nail salon while I was sitting there just like looking through Instagram and Twitter. And it kind of bothered me. And it reminds me of the Rami situation. And you're like, well, what was it? So my ex husband, because I guess he (laughs) technically was a husband. Mm -hmm. um, He so he tweeted out a picture of our wedding day and said, I had to explain this photo to my son to tell him that I'd been married three times and that his mother was the one that, um, you know, I, I should have ended up with, but he tags me in it. And I'm like, why? Like, first of all, like, what are you, why are you tagging me in it? Mm -hmm. And secondly, like we're, we're friends. Like there's no like bad, like his, his wife is my best friend, you know, like we've been great, but it kind of rubbed me wrong. Cause I was just like, I a don't want a photo of me technically on our wedding day. Like, why are you posting a photo of our wedding day? That's from the past. And mm-hmm. like, I don't, I didn't want to see that photo on my Twitter, Right. nor do I want, and now you're tagging me in it. So I don't want other people to see that photo. Like, yeah, you can Google it if you're like searching and you want to like see it, but I necessarily am like that, like it bothered me. And I think like people were so, and cause I was even like, why would he ask her to take that down? That's so stupid. But then I'm like, well, because it's probably a picture that, I mean, I haven't seen the photo. Was he, did he look it, good? Or he looked, it, it wasn't the most flattering picture. He had some 
weight in his face. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the most flattering picture of him now. So I feel like, you know, whether he looks he's look whether he's was flattering the picture or not, maybe it that's a past memory. Like I don't personally like a part of me wanted to, and I ended up texting John and saying because he started to continue commenting about like how it was a horrible day and nothing was real about it. And I'm like, can you be nice and not say mean things about me on Twitter? And he's like, it wasn't real. It was a, and I'm like, get, it was the, first of all, it was so long ago. Right. And why are you tagging me and dragging? And so I'm like, I'm annoyed that it's still there. So part of me wants to text him and be like, can you take that down? Right. Because why are you tagging me? What are you getting? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I know it's stupid because it, we just thought the Rami thing was stupid, mm-hmm. but then it happens to me and I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I would never post a photo nor would you were married of like an ex of ours and say like, oh, like, you know, I had to explain to Jolie and Jace, I dated someone before. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I would never like, yeah, I've okay. I would never post that. No. And I think it's okay for someone to say, hey, can you take that down? Like that bothers me. Like, so I don't. I now understand Rami's thing. Like he's probably like he was just about to get nominated for Oscars. He probably didn't want this photo floating around because Rachel's of notoriety and she's known mm-hmm. and well, of course, the media outlet's going to take that photo and run with it. Mm-hmm. Of course. So it's like I wouldn't want that photo if I was him, if if I don't feel flattering in that photo. And it was, you know, I think where the the misstep on that was he should have at least thanked her after he took after she took it down. Like that's where. It, you know, I'm like out of just politeness, like if I was to ask John to take the photo down, I would say thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, we're friends and everything. But should I ask him to take that down because it bothers me? I mean, I think you're within your rights. And it was until you told me that story earlier today. I didn't really pay any mind to this whole Rachel and Rami thing. But then, you know. A lot of people I'm sure that are listening can relate where it's like, you know, someone tagged you on a picture on Facebook or Instagram that you didn't like. And shoot, I even remember like in college and it's like, oh, don't tag me in that one. I look terrible in that. Right. And it's like you don't. And usually your friends are like, oh, sorry. You know, because they know they they didn't look at you in the photo. (laughs) Right. Right. I think it's funny, though, because the only reason that. This is a conversation yours yeah, you look beautiful in it, but it's, it's my, I don't want to see that. Right. But it's, it's a picture that like, yeah, there's no reason to be out there, but I will say and why tag me, but I got right when I married his mother at Kramer or at Kramer girl. And I lasted a week. We weren't meant, but for this photo and friendship, it's like, okay, I get you like, call like we're friends. Yes. But like, I don't want to see that either. No, nor do I want to see my dead dog who I loved so much in a wedding dress because you know, Sophie Bear. yeah. Um, but I think it's funny, unless it's a, a a bad memory picture, if the person looks good who was tagged in it, like, you know, like, hey, all right, I don't have an issue. You know what I mean? Like, a, if someone posted like a smoking picture of you back in the day and there's no bad memory around it, you're like, eh, all right. But if someone posts a terrible picture of you, you're like, take that down. Right. You know what I mean? So I think. It's just funny because that's how it'd be if if Rami looked like himself in that picture that Rachel posted. Like if there is like no change, would he have an issue with it? Probably not. And I just I think it's okay though, regardless of like for him to ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the whole the the bad press around it was like, you know, he wasn't the nicest about it, or he wasn't you know thankful afterwards, or who knows how many times that story has been filtered until it got to us. But, um, still, I mean, like you said, comparing to your situation, it made more sense to me. Well, it was, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, it was just the timing of it was so strange. Cause I'm just scrolling on Twitter and I'm like, Oh, what? I, Very interesting. I don't want to see this photo. And why are you tagging me in it for me to see this photo? Are you going to ask them to take it down? It bothers me. Then ask him to take it down. And just be like, look, I know what you're trying to share. I know you're trying to share the fact that you had to tell your son. Honestly, can I just say, stop, I'm going to stop you right there. Because if that was it, I would have no problem with it. It was how he was commenting 
in the threads. Like there was nothing good about that day. And, you know, nope, worst day. It's like those things. I'm like, okay, can you like, I get it. Was it like, you know, not, you know, we ended up breaking up a week later, but you don't have to comment so negatively if that if, if, unless that's your purpose of then posting it because that then that changes for me does that make sense i yeah but at the same time he could easily post that without posting a picture one thousand percent he could be like oh my seven-year-old came to me and you know asked me about some wedding photos from previous marriages and i had to explain it to him and where did a seven-year-old find a photo of our wedding right why is that anywhere in their house yeah <laughs> probably isn't well, no, I mean, he probably Googled it or something. And and then, you know, maybe he maybe he was with his dad, you know, John, and they were Googling. I don't know. But yeah, I but I just. It can be done without the picture and especially the negative comments said if it was just the picture and the con like the, the, the thought behind it, I'd say, OK, you know, whatever. Fine, I'll get over it. But then it's the negative comments in there that I'm like. You say we're a friend, but then you're just saying how awful it was. Let me ask so you this. So that's now not nice. Let me ask you this. I think this will answer the question for you. Okay. On whether or not you should say something. What would your therapist say to do? <laughs> exactly. Mic drop. <laughs> do you know what she would say? A hundred percent. What would what do you think Amy would say? Amy and any therapist, pretty much, would say would ask you about it, why it bothers you and say, well, it clearly bothers you and don't suppress your feelings because of someone else speak maturely from a good place and share how it makes you feel and that you politely request for them to take it down. And what about it hurt you? Right. But it doesn't hurt me. It just, it bothers me. Like I just, I'm an, I'm annoyed by it Mm -hmm. because of the stuff that comes after the photo too like the negative comments right and if you don't address it now then next time you see him or around them you might find yourself to be short and annoyed frustrated with him Mm -hmm. because you never addressed it and it'll remind you being like god you post that picture it's such a dick move Mm -hmm. you know so you're just avoiding resentment by (laughs) wow honey (laughs) therapy with my yeah i don't know i'll think about it i just I don't, I don't even know if he would understand. So it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's easier for me just to let things go because sometimes I don't think that they would understand. Other people would understand. For sure. The other side of it. For sure. Um, and even if he doesn't, that's his work, right? Well, and that's like, you know, when we were having the, the text convo, because I was like, be nice. Like, that's not very nice. He And he was just like, it was an awful, like, you know, I'm like, okay, it was all a lie. And I'm like, well, and this is kind of where it goes back. And I thought of all the work that I've done and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but like we could have said our wedding day was a lie, mm-hmm. but it was still my experience was not a lie. So that's where I wanted to be like, well, your experience. That is a big testament to your work because early on in our, you said everything was a lie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so it's like for him to say that, I'm like, well, that's like, that's actually not accurate mm-hmm. because eventually but that day wasn't it's not just because some you know we broke up it doesn't mean that it's a lie or it's so it's like i i I, but but then i realized i'm like i've done that work i can't tell someone else that work because they don't they're not going to recognize that no now all those sales you've always said you want me to be more jealous i can be a jealous boyfriend and go kick down his door (laughs) say look you and john are friends that's not like look john (laughs) i just like i the thought of like posting about any ex or <laughs> you know and putting them I, I I just would never do that. I don't under I don't understand. But moral of the story, if someone does something to bother you, it's your job. You're responsible for your feelings and to mm-hmm. express them to somebody. Good so point. So don't be afraid to do that, whether it's Jan in this situation or someone else listening, or me, or Easton, or Hannah, or Becky, or Riley. <laughs> <laughs> just got the whole team on the whole team <laughs> no it's a good point babe um all right let's take a break and let's talk about something else so we have a uh 
a money guru coming mm-hmm. on. Lynn Richardson. She's a boss when it comes to everything money. I mean, she's got so many books on pretty much any financial topic you can talk about. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to get her, get her on and pick her brain about a few things that you and I are, are dealing with financially and just obstacles people face. Yeah, because I think it's interesting because, you know, money is one of those top three divorce it's an argument Various. in every single relationship ever. And it, it's crazy because I was talking to my therapist, Amy, and I was telling her, you know, because that is one of our biggest, I would say our biggest current fight we have. The underlying oh, resentment. On a, on a, yeah. The, the biggest the underlying regular, the resentment. The most regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, I, and I've always, cause I, you know, people listen to this podcast. I'm the, I, you know, I don't spend as much. I'm a little more frugal. Mike spends more money. And I said, I had this insane like breakthrough of why I'm that way. And it was when we had that conversation on the couch that night when we were doing intentional night. And I was like, I didn't even realize like that's where it was coming from. And it like, I, I, need, I mean, even like thinking about it, it makes me kind of like teary eyed because it, I didn't even know the weight that it, it held. Mm-hmm. Like with all the work that I've done, I had no idea that that was the weight. But Mike and I were, you know, we were having our intentional night and we were talking and we were, I was coming from a very good place about some money issues um, that was fight that we were fighting about. And um, sometimes you got to circle back when you're not, angry (laughs) so that they go well and I felt like I was at a good place and a good time to do it and when I started talking about it I started saying how it it just like came out it wasn't it was like a total just like a huge moment where I started to realize it when I started saying it yeah it wasn't even like a planned out thing it was just diary of the mouth in terms of just raw emotional and introspective uh thoughts coming through your brain and it did. It clicked for both of us. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for me, I'm like, why I'm a little bit more frugal is when I was kind of doing these examples, I said, you know, now your parents weren't rich by any means, no. but your parents had money. I never had to give up something for money. Yeah. And so as a, as a kid. Yeah. So it's like if you wanted to go on a spring break, you got to go. If you uh, I had to pay for that myself. But but I mean, they would always help. When, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, there wasn't much I lost out on in experience situations as a kid. If you wanted to play a sport, right? They financially, right, were there for you in 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 almost every aspect of your life. Yeah. And when I started talking about it, I had to, and this is what clicked for me is I had to give up the one thing that I loved the most because my parents got divorced and we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And. When I said that, it was like the the biggest like aha moment for me because I was like, oh my God, I was like, I'm so terrified of not having money because I don't want to have to ever have my kids not be able to do something because we can't afford it or give something up or lose something again because figure skating was everything to me. Mm-hmm. It was everything. I mean, I lived, breathed everything. I was in the senior program, all of it. And I had to give it up because we couldn't afford it. And it was, it, it was awful. And so now I think I just, and then I, you know, I worked and I tried to, my mom tried to work three jobs. I saw her hustle and you know what she was trying to do, but eventually I was like, okay, this is just not working for everybody. And you're stretched out thin. And you know, I was working and, but it just, it was such an aha moment. And I think I'm just so scared because I've never had money before. Like I've never, even in my early twenties, mm-hmm. you know, I was scraping. I was like, my therapist calls me a scrapper. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'll find a way, but like the electricity is getting shut off today. Right. No, it, it really did. You know, and that's one. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned on here before or not, but you know, our first breakthrough kind of to understand each other financially was not too long ago, a couple months ago where I kind of connected the dots for you where 
like you're just saying in your early 20s you're scrapping clawing your power is getting shut off you're in la just like trying to make things work i was like how do i have to pay for another overdraft fee i don't understand yeah. how's this whole bank thing work? i don't get it i'm like negative five thousand <laughs> and then you know my 20s you're balling yeah you know i'm making you know more money than my parents i'm making a lot of money i'm doing well so the value of a dollar is significantly different for me than it is other people around me and other people in my age range so you know and that's when you start to become right an adult is in your 20s and kind of figure out what you're doing and where you're going and who you are and so that's my initial thing of adulthood right it's like i got all this money i'm value of a dollar is just like nothing mm -hmm. so that's the first connection of dots that jan and i had to kind of understand each other a little bit more like, okay, when I was balling, doing well, Janet was struggling. So I can definitely see how being tied with money and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And then the second biggest one was that one you were just talking about like two weeks ago or a week ago, where when she said it too, it hit me. I was like, damn, I was like, she had to give up something. And like we we're saying, I've never had to give up or make that kind of sacrifice due to financial situations. My parents are middle class, you know, hard hat, lunch pail, working people, punching the clock, but they always provided together so my sister and I could partake in those activities. So then me reverting back to a child self being like, holy shit, I can't imagine being a kid and having to do that and how much that would traumatize me around money. Mm -hmm. So it was just like over the past like two months, I think connecting those dots for both of us is is just going to help us moving forward with financial talks. Yeah, because I think there's just so much underlying resentment when one does, you know, more on more spending, one does it. But here's the problem, too. And I was, I was actually talking, a lot of stuff happened at the nail salon today, okay? I was talking to my friend Catherine, and I was like, where you get frustrated with me is like, I'll spend whatever on the kids and a family vacation, but, and he's like, but then why can't I get this? I'm like, because it, this is for the family. And he's just like, but like, that's five times more. I'm like, but it's for the family. Like, that's so your I, justification. Like, but also because as a child, I didn't get those things. All right. So that's another part of like my childhood wounds that I'm like, I want my kids to have, I don't want my kids to ever miss a spring break. Like I had to miss the big cruise because my parents couldn't afford, you know, to send me um, where all my friends went. You know, so I never got to go on a spring break mm -hmm. minus the one where my mom drove us down to Florida in a car because I was like, well, I can't go because all my friends are going to like tropical this and cruises. And even my one friend was like, Lisa, she's like, my, my mom said that we can pay for half of it for you. And it's like, I felt like a, you know, I was like, man, make a wish kid, Jana. <laughs> I was just like, this sucks. But, you know, obviously I said no and I didn't go, but it was just, you know. That's why I'm like, I want to give my kids everything, mm -hmm. but I can't justify you spending money on a gun, your 15th gun. I'm like, what's the point? Like I'd rather, but you're like, but this is like way more. You're so I, you know, I hope you can see that the piece is like, it's for the kids. I'll never spend it on myself. Like you have to force me. Like you literally force me to buy things or I have or to buy it for you. <laughs> but so no, I'm I will say too, cause a lot of people are like, you're so out of touch and you know, we know how grateful we are, but I think every relationship has money issues. Every relationship does. And, you know, it, it's funny too, because once you have an amount, you're always going to want to beat that amount and then you're scared and so there, it's just, it's just scary. But I, again, I'm not complaining. We're very, we're, 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 we're healthy. Yeah. But I'm saying, but, but not healthy and financially in our relationship no and that's the thing it's like we're not sitting here complaining about money that we have or don't have we're just talking about how we view it differently mm -hmm. the importance of you know where we value it and where we don't or whatever so whether you're fighting about a hundred dollars or ten million dollars it doesn't matter because it's still just two people with possibly two different core beliefs or triggers or traumas or whatever around money that you just have to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, that's why it's one of the top 
you know, reasons for the divorce and just issues in, in relationships in general. Well, I'm excited to get um, her on. So let's take a break and let's pop her in the chat room. It's spring break time and I know I can't wait for the week off from school and the kids' busy schedules. I think actually we're going to have a chill spring break, but we're going to be outside lots. And if you're hitting the beach, though, retreating lakeside or lounging at the pool, then get everything you need for your vacation at Macy's. Macy's has an incredible selection of bathing suits, sandals, beach towels, and even sunscreen. You can find everything you're throwing into your beach bag at Macy's. And if you're trying to dress it up and hit the town on this vacation, then Head to Macy's.com to find the cutest summer dresses and the perfect accessories to dress up any look. Plus, you can order online and pick up in-store or curbside or get same-day delivery. Head on over to Macy's.com. Look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area, so when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need, ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there's sure to be an Express office near you. Listen, you know hiring is stressful, so go to expresspros.com to find the location near you. At the beginning of the year, when everyone's thinking about New Year's resolutions, there's always so many competing claims, tips, and tricks about what and how to eat. It can feel noisy and overwhelming. Well, this year, Kind Snacks is inviting you to shut out the noise and leave behind diet and wellness fads that are no longer serving you. Instead, grab a Kind Bar, a nutritious and delicious way to eat more of the real, whole, recommended foods that we're not eating enough of, like nuts and whole grains. My favorite is dark chocolate nuts and sea salt, and I take it with me anywhere I go. It's my favorite go-to snack. The first ingredient in every Kind Nut Bar is nutrient-dense whole nuts and they're gluten-free. With Kind Bars, you don't have to choose between nutritious and delicious. Get great flavors everyone will love, including caramel, almond, and sea salt, and peanut butter dark chocolate. Make 2024 the year of Kind with delicious nutrition you can feel good about every day. Shut out the noise, trust your taste buds, and shop Kind Bars at Amazon today. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your parenting or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to NOCD.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's NOCD.com. Lynn, so we're super pumped to have you on the show. Uh, you know, I feel like we were talking earlier in the show about how money is probably our biggest, um, most common argument, most common argument in our relationship. Uh, it's probably been that way for the last like year or two. It's always kind of been there though, like this underlying resentment mm -hmm. kind of thing. Do you? What what is it to you like? Why do you think that's so common in marriages? Because I feel like that's one of the big reasons for divorce too. Yeah. So who's resentful? I, I'd need to understand the dynamics a little bit better. Sure. Because there could be all kinds of reasons. So who's resentful? Because that that's a that's well, a strong, but it's a, it's an honest word, and I'm glad to hear it. I think honestly, we both are. I mean, I think it's right. If I'm, I'm not, obviously, so, I know. Why don't so let's just take each person. Tell me why you're resentful. What are you resentful about? What's happened? Go ahead, baby. Well, I don't know if I've, I think I've, I'm more resentful that she's resentful. <laughs> Honestly, ah. I think it's okay. Because so let's start, let's start with the, with the one who kicked off the resentment. Let's start there. And then, cause I want to work my way from the beginning and then come back around. Okay. So I want to say this like politely too. Like I want, I, I feel like I have to easy stuff. Just be life. honest. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah, Cause yeah. we, we can't, you can't heal what you hide. Yeah. yeah and for so sure. yes, money is a huge, big old deal, but really okay. it's not that much, mm -hmm. but it's what we say. It's what we actually are honest about. And it's usually the, 
it's the gritty stuff. So, so yeah, just go on and share. Well, I think I've, first of all, I appreciate what you can't, what you hide, you can't heal. I love Which, that. That's beautiful. Um, hear what you can't, what yeah. you hide. Yeah. Um, I think what's, why it's hard for me is because I know when I say like, I'm the breadwinner that how that translates for a male and what that makes him feel. Um, so because I make more of the money, mm -hmm. I get resentful because he spends more of the money than I do. And so it's frustrating for me when I feel like I'm working my butt off that he's not caring about the number or the dollar amount that he's spending. And so we started to do like a, uh, okay, you can't spend, let's, let's keep our spending under this each month. And, or we were going to do like a no spend January. Right. So just to see kind of like where we're at, what we could do, because I feel he gets where I feel like he gets resentful of me is if because he feels like he can't spend anything or he feels like I'm being his mom and I'm controlling him. But really, I'm just so scared because I just see these purchases. So I get resentful of that. And I'm like, do you not know where it's coming from and how hard I'm working? And 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 so there's been things in our marriage where the dollar amount, I was just like, how could you spend this much on video games or the apps on the phones and the guns? And so it's just over time, it makes me feel like I feel disrespected. And so, you know, then we kind of got this dollar amount, like, okay, let's not spend more than $500 in a month, or let's do no spend January. And when he doesn't follow that, I feel very disrespected, because I'm like, I'm not spending the money. But yet you're not living up to what we agreed on. And we had a bad therapy session about it. And he's just like, does it doesn't even matter. I'm like, it does matter. Like, we set we we made an, an agreement to not spend anything and then you just bought a watch and and so i start to carry this resentment and this like i, I like disres i feel disrespected in a way understood so mike why do you step outside of the boundaries of what you agree to tell me what happens when you make those decisions um for me you know the the trend of things kind of the way I receive it is when things are good, like between us, it's our money. Mm -hmm. And Mike, you make enough doing the podcast. Mike, you make enough with writing the book. You made enough doing this and that. And then when some money is spent or we have to spend a lot on something, it's her money. And so it like, she tell, tell me what you mean when we have to spend because and I and again, I'm not I'm impartial here. But if, when you say we are you actually talking about what we have to spend? Or are you talking about what you want to spend both? There's times where if I spend money or if we did, it was just Christmas and we as a family spend a lot of money. It's like, we so, just had, so who, is we, who are the Christmas presents for each other, the family, who who's in the family, our kids. We have two kids. How, how old are the kids? We have a five-year-old little girl and a two-year-old little boy. Okay. And, 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 me, right. and me kind of where we, I said we'd kind of disagree too, is I'll spend, because I didn't have that growing up, I will do whatever for my kids and spend, and now, now to an, an extent, but like I will do a family okay. vacation and like. I got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, let, let me get back to, to okay. Mike though for a okay, second. Sorry. So, so Mike, so Jana's kind of shared that she'll do whatever for the kids. So I know what that is. I've been there, done that mm -hmm. three kids, Christmas toys from the front of the house to the back of the house. <laughs> and then I want to set boundaries when I think it's time to set boundaries. So, but you're spending, tell me what you're spending money on, Mike. Tell me, just give me the things that you want to spend money on and how you feel about uh, what seems like there may be some restrictions or boundaries that you step outside of. What what it seems like to me, and in the past, it's like, even when we said, hey, any purchase over 500, let's discuss with one another. Okay. There's even been something that I paid for that was under 500, and I still received some pushback from it. And so it's like, no matter what I spend it on, I feel like I'm always questioned or challenged and, and more just out of, it's not out of, I don't receive it as curiosity. I receive it as being challenged. And Understood. So, and so Let me I, ask you this. Give me an example of something that you spent under $500 that then uh, you received pushback for. Just one, one of the things that you spent under $500. One thing would be 
we have a, a monthly fee of 250 to $300 for a golf club that I belong to here in Nashville. And I've gotten pushback on that. Like we're spending 250 a month. Like that's a lot of money and you're not even using it right now. And ask him how many times he used it last year. Give me a second. Let me let well, me well, jump in and try to make a point. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. In all seriousness, that's my exact point, though. Okay. It's yeah, like that's that's not my that's not fair because it's not right okay. to judge because everybody has their own. But trust me, I'm getting there. Copy. So, Mike, so you have the golf. Give me an example. Give me four or five examples of things that you spend money on that you get pushback for. Um, you know, I do admittedly know that. You know, I have more hobbies than most people might might in their lifetime. And, it, and for me, it's kind of a, a addiction recovery thing, too. It's like my outer circle stuff that kind of makes me whole, that, that keeps my mind busy on healthier things. And I, w- I like to tinker. I'll go down the rabbit hole on things. So whether it's stuff for, uh, you know, road cycling or firearms that I'm into or whatever thing, I understand things do add up. And... I don't know. There's just like this stress around it where I feel like even if I were to bring it up, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'll get a, really, you have to right. get that or like, it's, yeah. so, so let me ask you this. You have a daughter. Yes. All right. So what if you were talking to your daughter about this situation? If she was the, and, and, and I'm not making a judgment one way or the other, but if your daughter was a breadwinner mm-hmm. and she had a husband who coming out of addiction, praise God for that. That's good. But you've, you've admitted that you'll go down a rabbit hole. Is a mm-hmm. rabbit hole a good thing? At times it is. At times it's, I admittedly, it's like, no, because it'll consume me and, and I'll just get yeah, obsessed. But so let me it. be more specific. Is spending money that is not necessarily in the best interest of your long-term goals. So long-term goals are, are, are health, wellness, financial well-being, stacking your money. Mm-hmm. When you go in the rabbit hole and spend money, do you think that that is a good thing for your family? And would you recommend it for your daughter if she were in a similar situation with a husband like you? Um, mm, husband like me. Uh, you wouldn't. I'm going to help you out there. You wouldn't. So here's the deal. Now, on the same in the same token, Jana, uh, there has there has to be a level of um, first of all in in all things, utter and complete acceptance and forgiveness, because when you marry someone, you marry them for their strengths and their weaknesses. I've been the breadwinner too for the great majority of my marriage, but let me help you understand something. My husband is probably the one that's going to get us both in heaven. Cause I'm crazy. I'm crazy as all get out. Right. So he probably going to be the one standing there uh, holding everybody back saying, don't let her in, don't let her in. And he's probably going to be the one to let me in. So while I have my strengths and weaknesses, he has his strengths and weaknesses. The truth is when we come together as a unit, we've got to um, forgive and accept because resentment, first of all, you said you would do everything for your children. Jana, Mm -hmm. let me help you understand something about children. Children don't need parents who are going to give them everything. Mm -hmm. And if you are concerned about spending money, then you need to be the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. So the best way to get someone else to do something is to demonstrate how it's done. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a contradiction. And quite frankly, it's a bit, um, uh, it's an oxymoron. It's a contradiction. And it's really a bit of a hypocrite to have really strong boundaries when it comes to money on one hand, but then when it comes to the kids, then the kids just get whatever they want. The Christmases are crazy. Let me help you understand something about these entitled children running around. They're rotten and they're evil. Children want everything from their parents. Parents feel all guilty. I've been there. I've done all that, but I've raised three daughters. My youngest is 20, 21 and 25. And they started out, I was traveling all over the world. We were in all kind of all-star cheerleading. I was the breadwinner. My husband would say something. Then I'd say, no, let's not do that. Then I'd go spend a whole bunch of money on something else. That really didn't make any sense. Because let me help you understand something. Saying that I love my kids is not an excuse for being financially irresponsible. So the one thing that I want you both to understand is this. Both of you have some financial things that you're going to have to work on together. 
And at the end of the day, Jana, your emotions and feelings, Mike, your emotions and feelings, while they are legitimately yours and they belong to you, emotions have no place when it comes to money. Because you know what? Money is not emotional. We are. Money is factual. Money says one plus one equals two. It is the most uh, it, it is the most reliable thing that you have in your life. Money is more reliable than a, than a nagging wife. Money is more reliable than a forgetful husband. Money is more reliable than some begging children. Money is more reliable than the weather. Money is more reliable because it literally says, this is how I operate. And I operate this way every single time. So if one plus one equals two, and if your stuff adds up to 10, it'll never ever get into two. So what I recommend for, for the two of you is to live by a budget. And, and Mike, that means when you go down a rabbit hole, that means that you are still trying to heal. And I understand, I don't understand addiction, um, um, and, and, and I'm not sure in what way you've experienced it, but we've all had, probably most of us have had some kind of addiction. Me, it was a spending addiction. Literally, I would get, I would spend money for any reason. I would loan money to people even when I didn't have it so they wouldn't think I was broke, which I was. So I had to heal that thing. But the one thing you can't do to heal an addiction is cover it up with another one. What you've actually got to do, you're being tested to actually move through that thing and not have it filled up with something that's superficial, artificial. And, and I'm just going to say this. Now, I am a firm believer in you doing what you want to do. But let me tell you something. There's only, only so many golf clubs, watches, video games, and everything else that you need. At some point, perhaps those resources can be put into another education, uh, another skill, uh, a home-based a home, uh, a home business, another stream of income, um, something that's going to produce something else. And then out of your reward, then you're able to reward yourself. So money is not emotional. Money is very factual. It is reliable in its basic mathematics. One plus one equals two. So what I want you all to do is what my husband and I have done. It's been 26 years and our money has been all the way at the top. And then I was responsible for handling and I messed everything up. And even then we stuck together because when the money is gone, if you, if you lose friends and this, that, and the other, when you've got someone there in your life that you can rely upon, that has your back, that you can depend on, let me tell you something, you have everything. So I'd like for you all to live by the 10, 10, 30, 50. The first 10% of every dollar that comes into the household, I'd like you to save, I'd like you to give. I'd like for you all to think about somebody other than yourselves and your children. Is there a cause that you'd like to give money to? Uh, perhaps um, the uh, one of the uh, addiction or one of the other um, low or uh, low to moderate income or homeless or something, people who are needy because good givers are great getters. And when you learn how to give, you position yourself for receiving. The next 10%, I'd like for you to save, either in a 401k, Mike, if it's extra money that you get in from a gig, if you don't have a 401k, then start your mutual fund or start your self-employed retirement fund. Um, Jana, if it, you have a 401k on your job, what have you, but I want you to save because the goal for everyone is to have at least one year of an emergency fund. The pandemic has showed us that one stream of income is hazardous to your wealth. And if the rug gets swept from under you, then you wanna be in position to thrive. The next 30%, and I want you all to be really clear about this 30%, is cash. And this 30% is for groceries, gas, uh, hair, uh, stuff for the kids, whatever, all the incidentals. The remaining 50% stays in your checking account for your bills. Now, of the 30% for incidentals, once you take care of groceries, and gas and all of your essentials, then the remainder of that gets split between the two of you evenly because you did not get married to be separate individuals. You got married to become one. So it doesn't matter who really made it, you split it in between you two. So if you only have $350 and spend the money for the month, that's all you get. That's all you get. Okay. And if you want to go to the movies, I recommend that you uh, set an appointment for Netflix at the house with the kids, uh, pop your own popcorn, uh, make something to drink, eat, all that kind of stuff. See, we've got to start teaching our children how to build wealth. That's what children want. Children want parents who love them and each other, who know how to get along and who know how to teach them become responsible adults, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. And then what I'd like you both to do, when you're upset about something, when it comes to money, I want you to write. 
Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through your fingertips. Write what you're feeling, write what you're thinking. Tell the whole truth. And then if you feel like getting that writing out has helped you to gain perspective, then perhaps you can now speak to the other person with dignity, without anger, without resentment. When you write it, say, when you said this to me, it made me feel this way. Don't say to the other person, you did this to me, you attacked me. No, 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 no. Don't tell the other person what they did. Just explain how it makes you feel. Because a lot of times when we communicate with someone that we love, we're just talking. We're not intentionally trying to attack. But if you tell me I attacked you, I'm going to say I didn't. But if you tell me I feel attacked, see, nobody can dispute your feeling, right? So when you write, either now figure out a way to communicate with each other or share what you wrote with the other person. Let me tell you, my husband and I, there are times when I've written something to him and it changed his whole way of doing something. There's times he's written something to me and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that this is what I was doing. And the truth is each and every one of us, and I'm gonna say this to you, take responsibility for your own toxicity. You know what's toxic. You you know, and, and let me say this to you, Mike, uh, retaliating is not uh, is not protection. You, you as a man, your job is to protect that household and to be security and to be the head, okay? What do you mean, who retaliating? So if you said that if she does something and spends money, then you feel like you could do it too. Then if, if But if, if you did it and she did, forget that. I got you. That's petty. That's, that's kindergarten, okay? That's, that's on the playground, all right? So sometimes you got to just take it in. Sometimes you got to just take it, but never feel like you have to either retaliate or because you did it or when you did it. Come from another place of what is right and try to come from another place of power um, and doing just what is truthful. So I kind of went off on a little preaching speech there, but feel free to dialogue with me about what you think about that. If there's something that hit you or if there are, are some other things that I can that I can share with you. Being as uh, financially savvy and mature as as you and your husband seem to be obviously now, I mean, you're the guru with all the books and literature and everything you've done around money. Where's the conflict between you and your husband like nowadays? Is there any at all? Are you completely on the same page or are there still those moments where you guys don't see eye to eye? Oh, yeah. He gets on my last nerves. OK, because <laughs> uh, he fit, he forgets things. And I'm like, what the hell? And then, um, you know, I just have this saying, women are crazy and men are irrational. So sometimes I'm just crazy talking, 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 talking. I know that gets on his nerves, right? And then he's just irrational. I'm like, now, how'd you put that together? And then there's no answer. So, I, you know, what I found is that that's kind of similar with most marriages, most marriages. And I just decided a long time ago, um, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to stroke out. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm very grateful and thankful for the things that I can get away with and recover from and heal from. And so the same thing for him. Um, but I, I don't want you to think uh, I, we're mature as it relates to we, we just have some experience. We have 26 years, but we've been through it as well. But I'm going to say to you, if you start to take the emotion out and that become that is really the big thing. And you just deal with the dollars. OK, so at some point. And I don't care who the breadwinner is, but if, if, if someone else is the breadwinner, then I'm going to be very careful about tapping into those dollars. And, and this is not about who has more power. It is about honor and respect. And, I, and I'm just going to say this to you, Mike. I'm going to say this because this is, this is probably something that a, that a woman would think. You know, we grew up as little girls thinking we'd marry our knight in shining armor. And that knight in shining armor would sweep us off into the sunset, take care of us, this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? That's not how it happens. And guess what? It's okay. So for the great majority of my marriage, I've been the one to go out and grind and kick it and keep the stuff in. What I'd like for my husband to do is to acknowledge that, to honor that, and to honor that with discipline. Honor that with boundaries. Honor that with agreement. And then Jana, let me tell you what I give my husband in exchange for that. Authority. I can't, I can't run him. As a matter of fact, I spend so much time being out in the world running everything else. 
I want to come home to a man who can lead me and let me just let go of something. I'm tired, okay? But I've got to give the authority. I've got to relinquish authority. I'm going to say give it. I've got to relinquish authority and allow him to grow in authority. Mm-hmm. And then I've got, let me give you all an example. And this is common. Um, men, you get in the car and you think you know where you're going and you don't. Mm-hmm. And the wife was sitting there, we was like, aren't we going the wrong way? And you're like, no, I got it together. And eventually you get lost. And, you know, us women in our early days, we get so mad, we're so angry. Let me tell you something. Just sit back. Let them make a mistake. Get lost. Yeah. Get, just get lost. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more um, fulfilling than when I try to tell my husband. I remember I tried to tell him, baby, uh, you need to put some gas in the car because we're about to run out of gas. No, no. <laughs> Guess who had gas? <laughs> to to yeah, a mile from home. Now, of course, he was so A, irritated, B, embarrassed. So I could have just went out, but I waited. So he got out of the car. And just when I was about to go in, my three daughters and one of my best friends in the car, my youngest daughter, she was sick. She said, mom, chill out. Because she knew I was about to go off. <laughs> Jana, sometimes you got to relax. Mm-hmm. Because your mouth can't teach him how to be a man, but life will. And I'm not saying that you're not a man. And I'm going to say the same thing to you, Mike. Sometimes let her just rattle on off into the uh, stratosphere of where her mind is taking her. Just sit back. Just sit back and just wait. Because at some point, her womanhood is going to step in and that little girl is going to stop throwing a tantrum at some point. Okay. So there has to be for both of you really the ability to see the bigger picture, the, the, the ability to let your own ego just kind of chill, let your own ego chill and everybody's ego going at the same time, you're not going to get anywhere, mm-hmm. but this money is easy. It's called a budget, the 10, 10, 30, 50 period. And, and if your 30% is too much, because some of my clients, they make a whole lot of money. So 30% is too much for spending money. It's 10, 10, 10, 70. And then once they get done with their bills, now you're going to build your emergency fund. You're going to pay off your debts and so on and so forth. And when you, there is no money left, guess what? You don't get any, get anymore. If you want, if, if you get your spending money, Mike, and you spend your whole $500 on the first day, guess what? You're going to eat beans and rice <laughs> or, or whatever. You're going to play Atari 5200 that came out in 1982. You're not getting on no video games. Too bad. It's called discipline. And the last thing I'm going to say to you all, and oh, I don't know if it's the last thing, but you know we can continue on, ask some more questions. Be what you want to teach your children. Mm-hmm. Try to. Okay? I love the kid uh the kid aspect too. Cause I remember I'll say two things. Um, when Jolie got her tooth out and the tooth fairy came, I told her to save it, you know, S- save the money. And, and, and she also gave her $5. I was like, $5. <laughs> What's their first tooth? You know, it'll go down from there. But I, I, Lynn, I loved what you said about forgiveness because Michael and I had kind of a breakthrough, um, a few weeks ago. Cause there was this amount of money that needs to be paid back. And I, and I held, and I was, uh, I held a lot of pain and my therapist looked at me and she goes, don't let this money uh, affect your relationship. And there has to be this piece of forgiveness. Like, and then she talked about God and dying on the cross and how to be able to forgive and to not let the money, this payback money just cause all these arguments and fights. She's like, you you have to forgive. And then from there, that's when y'all have to come together to meet and discuss, you know, the boundaries and live by those so that those resentments don't come back up, you know, because what I don't want is to, you know, go through this and and then, you know, the, the boundaries still aren't met. And I think where I was having an issue is, is I have no I had no problem with the the under 500. It's just the the times it was the spending, well, you know, if, if it's under it 500, then you don't get to pick what is $500 is unless it's illegal. No, no. Right? Sorry. I think what I'm okay. saying is it like it added up. So it's like, it was like $300 purchase, 300, 300, 300. I'm like that, that all adds up, you know? And so that's, okay, well, that's where that you was have miscommunication to between us. Yeah. And yeah, think, it's not, you get to spend under $500 18 times. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 
This is the amount of money you have available to spend. Mm -hmm. And guess what, Jana? You get the same amount. Mm -hmm. You don't get more because you're you're the breadwinner. Yeah. It's equal. Well, and right? I, yeah, and that's, you know. And, and in the same way that maybe the golf thing is too much or the clubs or whatever, how many activities you have the kids in? A bunch. Let me tell you something. There's there's your wealth right there. Yeah. When, when I started to get my money straight, let me tell you the first place I went, all the children. Mm -hmm. All right. They came out of the private school. I bought a house in a neighborhood where I liked the school. Now you're going to school for free. Uh, dance class. Okay. Now you're going to the dance ministry at the church for, for free. Cheerleading. Now, this is if you've got a whole big old bucket of money and money isn't an issue, then keep spending money. But if money is tight, and you do not see your financial future building up the way you want it to build up, do not miss out on your financial future and your kids' financial stability by spending money on things. And then let me tell you this, all of the social attachments, because I was attached to all the moms that were in all the things, all the moms of the, of the ballet crew, all the moms in the football, all the moms in the softball and all of this. And, and, everybody's, up, and everybody's spending money that you don't have. And you're going home upset with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Because there are actually some things that you can do to control your spending. So everybody gets that 30% for incidentals. It has to come out of that. And I would say tuition as well. Tuition is not a bill. Mm -hmm. Tuition is a choice. Yeah. And if, if tuition is not, if that's not in the occasion right now, then God bless you. If it is, start to think long-term about what that means. Because listen, and then here's the other thing. Money will work harder for you than you can ever work for it, but you got to let it. For sure. But if it's going out to, to this over here, the kids over there, the Christmas that's massive and overwhelming, all the big old vacations and this, that, and the other, a vacation is not a vacation if you're worried about how much money you spend it. For sure. You're not on vacation. The vacation is on you. So I'd like to see you all adopt some holistic things that you can do as a family that don't require money. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everybody needs healing, right? So when we first started to cut back, the very first thing my youngest daughter said, she was about four or five at the time. She said, are y'all broke? <laughs> That's just how ridiculous I was with spending. Mm -hmm. That when she asked for something and we, my, her, my husband, because I was usually the one who would just say, yes, 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 yes. And then my husband had to be the one to put me in check. And I was the breadwinner, but it didn't matter because I was the breadwinner and the bread loser. Okay. So she said, are y'all broke? And my husband and I had to be together and say, you know what? You can't do this. This is not, we don't, this isn't in the budget. But guess what? Now they're responsible. They keep money in the bank. They've got seven, 800 credit scores. Um, they, they have more money than most adults that I know who are working full time with houses and all this kind of stuff. So what legacy do you want to pass on? It starts right now. Well, and when, it starts with you changing the things that are hurting. The things that are hurting you are the things that you probably want to change. For sure. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say this. Thank you for all your insight. You know, it's definitely something that, you know, we'll continue to have in our couples therapy sessions. But I, I, I feel like a lot of things you said, I'm going to re-listen to this podcast um, when it airs, because I just, I appreciate everything you said and I appreciate you calling me out and I just, I appreciate, you know, your words. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, um, where can they find you at? Oh, uh, asklin.org. Asklin.org. You can go there and get a class, a session, or whatever it is that you need. And I, I already know that you all can do it. I know that you all can do it. I see it in you already. Um, and I also want you both to know this. There is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to financial difficulty or marital discord it is the most normal thing. I've never met anyone on the planet that didn't have to go through something, but it's what we learn about ourselves. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. So what I've learned is if I got better, my life got better. Mm -hmm. If I got better, the things that were happening around me got better and it takes patience. So thank you all for allowing me to share with you and good luck. Oh, thank you thank so much, you so Lynn. Much really time, appreciate Lynn. it. We appreciate it. Okay. Bye, Lynn. Bye-bye. Well, she's got so much information and a lot of insight on a lot of this, and I appreciated her, her bluntness. And uh, her new book is Get Your Money Back, Tax Deduction You Never Knew About at uh, lynnrichardson.com. 
So, I mean, again, she can talk all around any kind of money issues that you're dealing with. Can I say something? What? You got really, I felt it, what she said. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Because I think, I don't want you to take what she said in a shaming way. And a I husband think, like you? Right. I, I'm, it's just you and me and a couple hundred thousand people listening. <laughs> but I'm trying to, to, cause the second she said that you, she lost you in that mm-hmm. interview. And I was trying to like rub your leg to be like, you know, trying to get you because I know the second what it did to you the second she said that. And I was just like, F there goes the interview because I know where shame goes to you. And I don't, I'm not trying to like de- defend her at all. I, I, cause I, you are an amazing husband. You're a great husband. She was just referencing, you know, she's, she's not, she's not a therapist, right? So she's not sensitive to like, she doesn't know our issues, mm-hmm. what we've been through, For you sure. know? So when she said a husband like you, I was like, I know how harsh you take words. And I was like, ah that's going to sting him. And I'm like, it made me upset for you because I didn't want you to have to feel that throughout the interview. But I think she just meant like a husband that's, it's just, I think she was, she was trying to say it was like a husband that spends, you know, money. So a husband like you, you know, but it, the wording yes, sounds harsh, but you're a great husband. Are you hearing any of this? Because I feel like you're just really shut off. No, I'm hearing it. I appreciate you trying to uh, decipher it a different way. I Mark, if you want to come disagree, on and help a li- out a little I disagree bit. a little bit because the timing of it was right after the addiction stuff. And so I think what she was saying what f- was for that reason. It's just she's a money person. So like you said, it, she's not a therapist. So... People just talk more bluntly when it comes to money. That's like her whole thing, right? Is taking the emotion out of money. So I just think she was being that direct. I didn't think she, she wasn't purposely trying to shame me. I know, but you're wearing it. For sure. And there's nothing to wear. Like you're a great husband. I know that. So what are, why are you wearing it? Because it's making me sad that you are. When... As shaming as being an addict is, when that's, when you're put into a category or mentioned in such a way, again, nothing personal to Lynn at all. By no means was it purposeful or anything like that. It's just the way I received it. But just being categorized like, can't do something because you're an addict or, you know, someone like you or, you know, yeah. I felt for Mike during that interview Mm -hmm. And, and I was trying to decide is she really is she being harsh to Mike or am I putting myself in Mike's position and therefore taking the guy's side kind of naturally? Mm-hmm. But I did feel like Mike got it kind of hard right there. I, yeah. With that statement, for sure. I mean, she totally called me out, too, for and I have to work on that in general as well. Coming in and being like, well, guess how many times you used it like Jana, shut up. OK, you know, so those that's my work, too. I think it's just hard because it, yeah it's like okay because you're the overspender of course they're gonna probably come down more on the overspender unfortunately you well, know I, it, it just i think it was more than just that comment because it was hard because a lot of it was just off of the 40 seconds we talked at the beginning a lot of it i thought was generalized then after that like to an extreme it's like what and you know, well, me, some like of the it, words, yeah. Like as, you don't, you don't. Like, I don't think I you wanted, retaliate. Like, yeah, as much as I wanted to, like, be like whoa, 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 like, it's not the case all the time, and this is that. You know, it just seemed to really exaggerate 
some of the negative traits or things and whatever. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I, you know, I still think it's normal for couples to have one person that spends more, one person that spends less, and there's pluses and minus to both of them. And, you know, just continue to talk it out, you know, read resources and talk to your therapists and don't let that drive a wedge into your marriage because that can cause a lot of underlying resentment and that's just not good. Mm -hmm. So, all right, guys. That's a show. (laughs) Bye-bye. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your parenting or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to NOCD.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's NOCD.com. Discover the rich, smooth taste of matcha love made with real Japanese matcha, perfect for hot or cold brewing. Matcha is rich in vitamin C, catechins, EGCGs, and L-thionine. Enjoy a delicious matcha latte or smoothie with this convenient green tea powder made from Japan's treasured matcha, finely milled from high-quality green tea leaves. Get 25% off all matcha love products on Itoen using code JANA. That's code J-A-N-A at I-T-O-E-N dot com. Available on Amazon and Etoen dot com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.